You know, I don't get to open the podcast like this, you know, more than once a year, but man, when I get to come on and say to you, hello, friends, God damn, it feels good. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Um, this episode of Nice Grass, Nice People, a, uh, a spinoff show that uh, is going to be launching on its own feed at the end of the month, but we're running here on the po- uh, Golf Guide podcast feed uh, for now with me and my co-host, Chris Durr, is proudly presented to you guys by SuaveGolf.com. That's right, SuaveGolf.com. It's a new little venture that uh, me uh, me and my close buddies have started uh, where we are putting together a handful of golf trips every single year. Um, this year we have trips upcoming to Sylvie's Valley Ranch in eastern Oregon as well as Gamble Sands up in north-central Washington, two of the most exciting and fun uh, places to play golf in all of the western United States. Uh, and you can check those out by going to suavegolf.com. That's S-U-A-V-E golf.com. Whether it's suave golf or suave golf, both pronunciations are perfectly correct. And uh, if you check out suavegolf.com, you also find we have a little pro shop with some goodies in there, some really cool and, may I add, ultra comfy um, polos and crewnecks by Link Soul. We've got some cool uh, hats from Imperial. We've got some great tour towels. So just a couple of very basic little goodies to help you feel and look as suave as possible. We've got those at suavegolf.com. And as I mentioned before, uh, we put together a couple of golf sabbaticals each and every year that uh, are meant for you to be able to get out and explore some of the best golf courses in the country. So this summer, Sylvie's Valley Ranch and Gamble Sands is coming up there, suavegolf.com. All right, everybody, with that, it's best week of the year when it comes to golf. The pros are all in Augusta, Georgia. Augusta National Golf Club will be hosting the first round of the Masters in less than 24 hours from right now. So let's not dilly-dally and get to another episode of Nice Grass and Nice People right now. Well, it's springtime in the valley on Magnolia Lane. It's the Augusta National and the Master of the Game. Who wear that green coat on Sunday afternoon? Who walk that 18th fairway singing this tune? Augusta. Okay. Welcome back, and may I say, happy Masters Week, everybody. Uh, I am delighted to be here with my friend, you know, golf consigliere, Christopher Durr. Uh, Mr. Durr, it's the happiest week of the year, man. I, I can't wipe the shitty grin off my face. And, you know, you're looking suave as hell in that suave pop of cap you got there. You know, green from head to toe, feeling like you're in the Augusta mood. I, I do, Can you even put into words how jazzed you are right now? I th- I don't think I can. I'm so excited. It was weird. This week crept up on me. The November Masters seems like it was two days ago. And I felt when the November Masters happened, I felt that I was so excited for April and to get back to some sense of normalcy. And it still doesn't even feel 100% like the Masters. For some reason, it feels a little bit slower than most weeks. But I think it's just because we got satiated with the Masters just five months ago. Uh, but I am... So juiced. I'm so excited. It's my favorite week of the year. I love the Masters, and I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what happens. And I think that this year we have some of the best storylines leading into the Masters that we've had, I think, in our lifetime, dude. Honestly, besides, I mean, 
maybe the Tiger, Ernie, Phil ones in like 03, 04, 05. But man, we've got JT coming off a huge player's win. Spieth, I think, has 100% completed his comeback. DJ, as the number one player in the world, is flying so under the radar, which I think is exactly where DJ wants to be. Bryson's still doing thick boy things. We've got all kinds of things going on, dude. It's just insane, and I can't wait for the tournament to start. I know. It's like uh, I feel we've been waiting almost six months for this, man. Almost six months since our last Masters, which is just weird to say. Um, I, I, do you think that is playing a pretty big role in why this one just feels a little bit different, but just because we haven't had that full 12 months of yearning for the green jackets walking around the grounds at Augusta. Absolutely. And and there's always such a long wait between majors, between the Open Championship and the Masters. You go from July to April. So you spend the entire fall, which is when most uh, people are playing a lot of golf, frankly. I feel like in the fall is when a lot of people can get their fall golf going on and everyone's trying to squeeze it in. And then for us West Coast kids, winter is arguably when a lot of these golf courses, uh, here in the Southern California area at least, they kind of peak in the winter. You know, they can get water, they can get firm. It's kind of good. So, you know, you spend so long waiting for big tournaments and then and then this year, you know, it just happened so fast. I got like hit with the one-two punch, you know? And it, but uh, But I couldn't be happier. I think I think this week's going to be incredible. I can't wait to get it underway, and I I'm just on cloud nine, man. I'm so I'm so ready for the Masters. Totally, I it, it really hit me last night uh, that like oh shit, like it's Masters week. And so for, for anybody who's listening to this, we are recording here Wednesday morning of Masters week. The first tee shots will be in the air less than 24 hours from right now. So we wanted to hug this thing as close to the beginning of the tournament as possible, just so we could have every little bit of information we possibly could to give you guys the best breakdown possible, um, you know, previewing this year's master's tournament. And I I thought you mentioned it, uh, you know, at the top already, which is kind of interesting. Has there ever been a defending champion who is the number one golfer in the world that is as under the radar as Dustin Johnson is? I feel like I've heard very few people talking about Dustin Johnson coming in and defending his title and holding that green jacket, putting it right back on and just, you know, I don't know. Is, is it just me or do you get the sense that people aren't really thinking about Dustin Johnson? Is it just because he hasn't played that well in the last couple tournaments? I, I I guess that's it. I don't understand. I think we should do our due like do we should put some respect on Dustin Johnson's name and definitely start the show talking about him because he's the number one player in the world. He's the best player ever. He's a golf specimen and he's the defending champion. I find it absolutely bizarre that he's not getting as much pub or talk about as as I think he should be. He's he's. I don't want to say getting disrespected, but no one's talking about him, and no one seems to be betting on him. Uh, he is the betting favorite, I think. Uh, he's not, actually, which is even crazy. Oh, yeah. He's the betting favorite with Bryson uh, on FanDuel. They're both at plus 950. And still, though, you're finding – you're hearing very little things about him. I, I don't know about you, but I digest that live from the Masters content on Golf Channel, like, all week. And I feel like I haven't even seen – DJ on the screen talking. I've seen Cantlay do interviews. I've seen Xander. I've seen Spieth. I've seen Justin Thomas. I've seen all of them do their interviews, but I feel like I haven't even caught any snippets of what DJ's saying. Uh, so it's it's very bizarre to see him flying as under the radar as he is, but I think that's a very, very dangerous position for uh, for our man to be in, dude. And I think, yeah. I, I think he'd be hard-pressed to not see him have a good week this week because he can clearly turn it on whenever he needs to, and I can't imagine why he wouldn't turn it on at the Masters. Yeah, for sure. And it's uh, so yesterday, Tuesday in Masters Week is usually uh, the time where most of the players, you know, spend some time at the podium answering questions from the press and stuff like that. And uh, DJ had this really great little uh, little nugget here on how old he'll be when he stops playing in the Masters quote uh, uh, until I don't feel like I have a chance to win. Uh, I don't know. I, I have no clue. I, I don't know how long I'm going to play golf. 
I Nick love him. I love him, dude. I, he's we don't deserve him, honestly. <laughs> we just don't deserve him. He's just so good. He's a genius um, too. I, I'm firmly on the DJ's a genius train. Like that's where I stand. I think he's a savant because that guy think, just is so he's so dialed in. It's insane. So I, I know that Bryson DeChambeau said that this is what Tiger called him the first time that he met him when he like first broke onto the professional tour. Um, but I wonder is. Is the Rain Man nickname like also kind of applicable to DJ as well? Yeah, for sure. I don't even. Okay, so I don't know. D, Bryson's the Rain Man because Bryson, Bryson does more math. I I can't think of what to call DJ because DJ's just DJ He's just kind of a genius that like doesn't really like, DJ just knows. To let you see it, you know. It's like it's like the Bo knows ad for Nike. It's like DJ just knows. Like he just knows golf. He knows exactly what it's gonna do. He knows what the golf ball is gonna do. He knows how he needs to hit it. He knows how he's gonna hit it. And and on top of all of that, he's gonna beat you, and he's gonna do it yeah. handily. You know, DJ, DJ's gonna win. So or like that's his attitude when he shows up to the golf course. So sure. yeah, I don't know. I I don't I don't know. I'm pretty I'm pretty high on DJ this week. If we're gonna be 100 percent honest, I took him in a lot of bets. I thought I thought the fact that he was flying under the radar is perfect for him. I one thing that I found really interesting that I don't know if I heard DJ specifically talk about, but I've heard players talk about it. Uh, specifically, Colin Morikawa referencing having the conversation with DJ uh, about how Augusta is notoriously or or historically a drawer's paradise for a right-handed player, right? Like you need to turn the ball over right to left to hit a lot of those fairways on two, on 10, on 13, uh, seven. There's a bunch of holes like that. But Colin was saying in his presser that DJ was telling him that it's not really the case. You can kind of squeeze your fade up there if you're hitting it good. And I never once thought about that, but that was so true. DJ won it in November, and he did not hit draws off any of those tees. He was hitting cuts off those tees. And then I don't know if you remember when Sergio won it in 2017. Yes, uh, he, he was hitting cuts off the 13th tee as well. So that kind of changed my perspective as far as how to think about the event. I think it's funny to hear these guys now talking about it and thinking that, hey, you know what? We don't have to turn the ball over on some of these tee shots where historically you've been told that you need to. Uh, they can hit their fade. Colin can hit his fade. DJ can hit his fade and still be in play. And they're so accurate and so long that they can do hit their natural golf shot and still be in a position to attack the holes and play good golf, which to me seems absolutely scarify, uh, terrifying. Like if Colin's saying scarifying, that. Scarifying, I think, is the more appropriate word. Yeah, right? I love mixing words. Uh, but it's like terrifying to think about because it's like, man, now Colin and DJ can just do what they normally do and still pick that place apart. Uh, I feel like that's just going to yield them playing very, very well. Yeah, well, that, that, that's a great way to set this up. So, I mean, the way that Dustin Johnson played Augusta last year, I'm wondering if that is still going to be applicable and could be as effective as it was because we've been hearing uh, from everybody from the media to the players and stuff like that leading up to this weekend that the golf course is playing back the way that it's supposed to be. You know, because right. everybody said that it played much softer in November, right? You were able to fire at flag sticks that you'd have no business going at in April when things are a little bit more firm. And that's and that's given the fact that the last few years um, we've had a lot of rain around, around the Masters, right? So it still hasn't been as firm as we've seen it in years past. Whereas this year, everybody's saying the golf course is playing as firm as it has in a long, long time. And the, the pro shots into greens are going to be trickier than ever. And I'm wondering, is that something that is going to prohibit Dustin Johnson from playing the way that he did when he set the scoring record uh, at last year's Masters? Is that something where you know, if it was a little bit softer, yeah, you can play a cut off the tee because you know it's going to land and it's not going to roll out, you know, going right. If it's playing as fast as we're being led to believe it is, 
Is that something that is going to affect not just Dustin Johnson and Colin Morikawa, guys who might be trying to hit a left or right shot, um, but I'm just, yeah, I, I, do, do you think that's going to have a massive effect on who ends up taking the green jacket on Sunday? I, I, I feel like it is, but I can't really diagnose exactly how because I, I just don't know. I just haven't seen Augusta playing like almost linksy, you know, in, in the last several years. I, I I don't know what to expect. What, what are you thinking? I, I agree. It's been very, very soft the last couple Masters. It's been a soft Masters. And this year, I'm super excited for the firm and fast conditions. It looks windy. Again, on that live from the Masters coverage, you can see the practice area behind them when they're sitting in the in the at the round table. And it just is so sunny and super it looks like shiny green, you know, it doesn't look lush green. It looks like uh, the green that's almost yellow, you know, it's kind of, it's got like a very good sheen to it. Uh, uh, powerful I, sheen. A powerful sheen. I think it'll play. So again, I don't, I don't really know a hundred percent, but I think it becomes more of a problem if it's firm and fast on those drives, especially for those guys that are trying to squeeze cuts out there. Because if you're trying to squeeze a cut into a hole that goes right to left and the run out is firm and fast, then you might end up in the right rough or in some right trees and then you have a problem there. I think with DJ and Colin and a lot of those guys that hit cuts, they are so both of those guys specifically are so good in their approach play that I don't think the firm and fast is really going to kill them there because you have I mean, Augusta, you have to hit your spots, and if you're in the wrong spot, you're making bogey, right? But those guys are so good that they can get to those spots as long as they're in the fairway. So the firm and fast, I don't think will play too much of a role or affect them too much on their approach play, but I think their runouts with the driver or with the tee balls might become a problem and might put them in some places where they're just a little bit more uncomfortable than they were last year, you know, when they could hit driver and wherever it landed is pretty much where it stayed. So I'm really curious to see how the specifically the cutters of the ball off the tee, how they do uh, trying to squeeze the ball into some of these fairways, right? That are cambering away from them and, and not going, basically not hitting the shot that the hole asks for. Like, I wonder, I wonder, I want to see how their tee shots fare in that situation. Cause if it's running out through the fairway, they're going to be in all kinds of trouble. Yeah, man, it's uh. It's going to be interesting. Speaking of big drives, um, I mean, we, we can't you know, we can't go too long without talking about your thick boy here. Um, if it's running really, really fast, how how does that affect Bryson? You know, I mean, I feel like if anything, it might affect him less just because it seems like he hits the ball so high. Yeah. Then it comes down at like even with his driver, the descent angle is probably about as much as you'd find with any player on tour. Um, may, could, could this actually end up being to his benefit? I think so. I think it really could, especially if he's hitting it long and everything. And he, if he can hit it long, some of those places, specifically, we talked about it on our last pod, uh, the November Masters pod. We brought up nine as a very specific example on where Bryson could hit it. You know, he could take it up the left side over those trees into the 300 yard wide fairway that I think it shares with hole one. And I think on those kind of holes, it makes a huge difference because then all of a sudden his run, his run out is not in the trees, right? Like DJ's run out, Colin's run out with the cut is in off to the right, kind of in a tough spot on hole nine. Bryson can hit it hard and left, and if it runs out, it's just going to get closer to the green, which might be a little more difficult on firm and fast because if, if it's really firm and fast, then Bryson needs to be conscious of spin control more so than DJ and Colin because DJ and Colin are long, but they're not long enough to where they're going to be hitting 50 and 60 yard wedges into greens. And Bryson is long enough to where he has like 50, 60 yard shots. And when it's firm and fast, it's really, really hard to get enough spin on those to control them. So it'll be interesting to see if that nips him in the bud or what happens. But, but yeah, I think Bryson might be at a huge advantage this week, especially if it's firm and fast, because it's only going to accentuate how far he's hitting the ball. 
yeah, for sure. Um, a little like side note, kind of like a little tangent here. Um, when, when you like, do you ever have like the instance where like maybe you like you go out with your lady or something like that, and you go out to dinner with somebody or a couple, and then you guys walk away and you're like, man, that was really fun. Like that person is like really interesting, right? Like that person is really fascinating. They were that really fun to like talk with. Yeah, all kinds kind of cool stories. Um, you know, th- there's some people that you just have like a gravity to them. Where you're like, man, that is a really cool person. Like I, I can't wait to get to to hang out with them again. And then conversely, there's sometimes where you go out with somebody and then you get back in the car after dinner and, you know, your significant other looks at you, you look at them and they're just like, this person's a fucking whack. Dude. Yeah. Like, what, the, what, what was that? Like, that was awkward. Can we please never go have dinner with them ever again? And I'm, I'm not going to lie. I had that internal monologue when I saw that video of Bryson on the range, just absolutely just shucking like, you know, balls of the driver. Like, huh, 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 huh. And just hitting like huge, massive drivers every like 15 seconds and just going through it like it was like a super high, you know, like, and again, this is coming from somebody who pays very little attention to their own physical fitness. But, you know, it's like a high intensity workout that he was basically on the range. And I just thought to myself, like, dude, that guy's not cool. I don't I don't think I want to have dinner with that guy. It's, it, it, I, I, I hate to pile on it, but like what what's the point of doing something like that other than just trying to put on a show and just trying to be different? I mean, how is that helping Bryson off the tee at Augusta? I think it's only helping him because he, well, he says that it helps him because it lets him continuously like improve on his max, right? It's like every day you just get incrementally faster and faster, which means you hit it further and further. So that's his theory. Uh, I I think Bryson has a huge ego and loves ripping dogs on the range and having like, and having all the cameras on him and having VJ stand behind him and watch him, I think that just fuels his ego. So I think it's become more of a show because Bryson likes it that way. So that's my theory. But apparently it's supposed to help him get his speed up. So you know what, dude? I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He's doing it to get his speed up. But, I mean, I think it's a show, dude. I think he just likes having all eyes on him while he just mashes dog. <laughs> I remember like going into the 2020 Masters. That, that's what the other thing is like. I wonder because he, you said he's like the betting favorite along with Dustin Johnson right now. Yeah, FanDuel and, has him at plus know, 950. And but going into the 2020 Masters last November, you know he was by far like the big favorite coming in. He had just come off a U.S. Open win. The golf course is playing soft, right? So you can just bomb, like you said, bomb dogs all day. You know, let it. You know, just don't have to have like that sophisticated of an approach game last year, just because the greens are a little bit softer. He goes out mashes a three with like what three something on number 10 hits it to like you know seven feet for a birdie putt on the first hole of the tournament and then doesn't have the green reading book misses the birdie putt and it's all downhill from there i love if the that. golf course is technically going to be playing even more firm uh, as much as we as good as bryson is and let's let's you know all jokes aside i mean the guy is one of the best players in the world with good reason he can do things that other golfers can't do what makes you think that he actually has a chance to win this thing do, do you even think he has a chance to win this thing? Absolutely. Of course. Of course. It'd be disrespectful to say he didn't have a chance, right? Like, and as for as much as I dislike Bryson and as much as I'm not a fan, uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and disparage the man. Like, he's an incredible golfer and has as good a chance as anybody in the top 10 in the world to win the Masters, right? If not, if not a slightly better one. Like, he's... I mean, yeah, he doesn't have the green reading book and his putting is a little... He's good at putting, but he relies a lot on that. But, I mean, it, there's just... If it is as firm and fast as it's going to be, man, there's a couple holes that really 
play into his strengths. And if he's hitting the ball 20 by everybody, then yeah, man, I will take I will take Bryson with less club in than most people any day of the week. I think there's no I think that uh I think if Bryson is not like okay, so watching the 2020 Masters, the November Masters, I don't know about you, but I had this overwhelming feeling of Bryson just could not get out of his own way. I felt like he was just stumbling and tripping over himself. I felt like that was honestly his masters to win, frankly. It really was with soft and him hitting his driver far. Like that was it was his to win. And and he didn't, obviously, and literally never really even got the engine going. Was just kind of behind the whole time and never really got up and running. Uh and I feel the same about this one. Like I feel like if Bryson gets on a roll and starts making putts early and, and hitting the ball like he hits the ball, I mean I would, like there's it's hard for him not to just it's not hard hard to envision him not having a three or four shot lead heading into the final round honestly um do I want to see that no I would rather see other people win but I mean he's so good and so long and he and he wants it so bad it's like there's no it's hard to imagine him not being in the mix on Sunday mm-hmm. uh yeah it's it's, it's, it's going to be so much fun the next four days. I, I, I'm just getting so excited right now. Me too. Um, let, let me ask you about JT, dude. How do you feel? How do you feel about JT heading into it? So let me look at his odds really fast. He's at plus 1100. So him and Jordan Spieth are the next two favorites. So we've gone through Bryson and Dustin, who are the betting favorites right now. Um, oh, you know what? How about I ask you this? So we're the most of these people. I'm looking at these odds. Let's kind of group the top six guys. We'll put them in little like two man, two man, uh, two man pairings or groups between okay. Bryson and Dustin, the two favorites who. Who are you taking? Dustin. You're taking Dustin? Dustin. I'm taking DJ, too. I'm taking yeah, DJ, too. Dustin. All right, so and, the next— it, it, I think it all comes down to the putting for Bryson with me. It's like I, I heard, like, a crazy interview where he was talking about, you know, putting at Augusta and how it hasn't been very good for him. He's like, yeah, I just got to get used to it. Right? I, 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 haven't, I haven't not used a green reading book since junior golf. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, whoa, really? Like, other than the Masters, that's the last time that he didn't have a green reading book was playing junior golf? Like, I don't know. I— that 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 that's just like the reddest of red flags for me. I, 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 I don't know. It, all right, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I agree wholeheartedly. I think it's weird that like he relies so heavily on the green reading book. I I see your point 100. I think DJ is just a much better putter uh, than Bryson. And yeah, I think it's I think that that not being used to having a green book and then all of a sudden showing up to arguably the biggest tournament of the year without one is is a big hindrance in his game. I didn't even think about that, but I think you're very right. But let's go. Okay, let's go to the next guys. Plus eleven hundred are JT and Jordan. The, uh, the I don't I don't know if you knew this, but did you know that Jordan and JT are friends, dude? They used to play junior golf together. I don't know if you've what? heard about that. Yeah, dude, they're good buddies. They're good buddies. <laughs> dude, honestly, this is so tough because I really actually feel like this is the year that JT has as good of a chance as he's ever had. Agreed. At Augusta, because and again, people keep citing that his putting gets better and better and better each each time he goes to Augusta. He's gonna better. fuel on his left breast weighing him you know kind of throwing his weight off you know from left to right so it's you know i think he's in a good place but again i don't know how you can't be riding the speed bandwagon right now i mean the guy's coming off a win he's played incredible golf the last you know two three months there's not a single golf course that i'm aware of that he feels more comfortable out on the professional circuit than augusta national i i love Jordan Speed. I, I don't know. I, I still don't think I'd put money on Jordan Speed necessarily to win, just because I I just don't really like to win bets in general. 
Um, but do I feel confident that Jordo is going to be in the mix on Sunday? Yeah, I, I have a. I, I think it's very, very likely, and I, I would probably sway towards Jordo. Um, by the way, I, I have to just give us a little bit of credit here. I know we, uh, you know, nice grass, nice people are our delightful podcast here. Uh, we we did like a pilot episode that we never ended up releasing initially. We are going to release it when we start our own feed here. But in that very first episode, it was right after the waste management, and we spent like half an hour on Jordo. When you were looking at me, you're like, "Is Jordan Speed back?" and you know, I, not, this is not a unique take, but I, I think we were both like, I think he's fucking back. Like, I, I, I think it's happening. And here he wins going into the Masters, has all the momentum in the world. I'm excited to see how he handles it just because, you know, he has so had so many struggles just in terms of like, you know, I, 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 people say, oh, he has struggles with his confidence. I don't fucking know. I don't know Jordan Speed. I don't know if it's his confidence. I, there's something mentally that was like a little bit off, and I'm excited to see how he now takes all of this new, I don't want to say pressure, but it is basically the golf world is expecting a lot out of Jordan Speed this weekend. And I'm excited to see how he handles that. So I, I, I'd probably go with Jordo. I am super excited to see how he handles it as well. I I think the comeback, we did re, we did have spend 20 minutes on Jordan Speed earlier in the year sizable talking about yeah, a sizable amount of time deciding on whether or not he's back. I think I'm officially willing or ready to put the stamp of back on there. I think he's... I think he's very back. He's swinging the club great. I'm happy he won at Valero. I'm going to be honest. I was a little nervous that he won Valero last week. I thought he, that was going to drain him. But I think if I think he's been mentally and physically drained for the last four years trying to figure out how to play good golf again. So I think winning the week before the Masters is not going to take as big of a toll as as we all think it is on him. And he even said something after he won last week. He said, I don't feel as weird as I thought I was going to. I don't think weird was the right word, but he's like, I don't feel as... Like, it feels oddly normal. He's like, it feels like, he, and then he said something in the post game. He was like, this is what I do. Like, I went, like, I, this is, this, it feels, I feel like me again, which is terrifying. Like, that's, that's so cool to hear him say that, right? To not be overwhelmed with emotion, to not want to cry at Valero, to not want to do it. He, I mean, it's been four years since he won and he's lost in the woods, right? So totally reasonable for him to break down in tears or like, or fall apart or kind of like realize the, the, the struggle. And he comes out of it with, and says the exact opposite. He's like, it feels oddly normal. I'm Jordan Spieth and this is what I do. And it's just like, oh, yeah. that's like a, that's like serial killer mentality, right? Like that's insane. Like that's exactly what we want to hear from the guy. But I can't, I cannot, I cannot take Jordan over JT. And I might be putting my foot in my mouth, but I think JT might be playing the best golf of anybody in the world. His wedges are insane how good he's hitting his wedges. And he, I think he is truly the best iron player in the world. Everyone's riding the Colin Morikawa is the best iron player in the world, hot hand right now, and Colin is a great iron player. But I feel like JT can truly do anything he wants with an iron in his hand. And if it's firm and fast, I, I think that he's just going to be giving himself so many good opportunities. I, I can't, I can't imagine JT not. I, I can't imagine JT losing to Spieth this week. I think JT is going to. I think JT is going to is going to have an awesome, awesome week. And I'm really excited to see it because he'll do it different than everybody else. DJ and Bryson are going to do it by hitting drives really, really long and having wedges in. Speed's going to do it by just putting on a masterclass short game and, and doing speed things, you know, holding chips and hitting crazy shots. 
and JT's gonna. I think JT's just gonna be straight up clinical. Like I bet DJ, or JT's gonna be hitting. He's gonna be a surgeon out there. A surgeon, dude. He's gonna. I like. It wouldn't surprise me if JT hit three wood on thirteen. You know, and like roped a three wood in there, and then everybody else is hitting seven or eight irons, and JT like turns around and fillets a five iron to like twelve feet, and then caches the putt. Like I just. I feel like JT's just gonna take that place apart, and uh, and I think he's riding high with the players win. He's one of the best players in the world, like I said, and he's he's been on a much more consistent trajectory like spieth is spieth is here right now and it's like if he feels like the kool-aid man who just like busted in the door and was like i'm back baby like you know like and and i feel like jt has just been incrementally working towards a a master's win and i think that this year is as good of any for him to do it i i I could not agree more and the whole time you were talking about jt even though i picked jordo i've just been nodding for like the last couple of minutes and actually i wanted to ask you so it's between jt and jordo and then the first pair that you, you know, propositioned me with was DJ or Bryson. If you had to pick a two-man team in terms of where do you think collectively they're going to finish better, DJ and Bryson or JT and Jordo? JT and Jordo. That same. That, I think that, so. That's I, funny. It, it, yeah, yeah I, think, I, think J, I think JT and Jordan, I think their, their floor is way higher. Like, I, I, I truly, I truly, in my heart of hearts, I think both JT and Jordan Spieth are going to finish top 10 this week. Bryson is the wild card there. And honestly, DJ is too. Like it, DJ and Bryson could both have off weeks and finish T22 and I wouldn't be surprised. It'd be like, yeah, you know, they just didn't have it going and like they finished T24 and then they we're never really in it. Where I think JT and Jordan are going to be so in this Masters, no matter like there's no matter what. Like I think they're going to be just I think their floor, like I said, their floor is higher. Like their ceiling, obviously, is both of them winning. Like they can win, and their floor, I think, is top ten for both of them. I can't, I can't, I can't imagine them not being in the top ten. Where DJ and Bryson, I think there is a path for both of them to not be in the top ten. For like between the four of those players, it's the biggest deal if which one of them wins. Jordan, for sure, biggest deal if Jordan wins. Are you kidding me? Jordan is yeah. Jordan is the new tiger in a sense that he's the needle, right? Like you know, he he draws the most non golf fans in. Uh, the comeback, the four majors now all of a sudden, like that's crazy. That's cra- and to come out of the woods, like he's been lost for so long. I think it's I think it's the Jordan Spieth show, and I think that if he wins, it's 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 I think that's the biggest story. JT. If he wins, it's huge for golf fans. I think, honestly, of all those guys, the least wow factor for winning would be DJ. If DJ won, everyone would just be like, yeah, I mean, duh, he's a freak. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, obviously. Uh, and then if Bryson wins, obviously, that would be crazy, too. That'd be pandemonium. So I bet, if I bet like, storylines and, and crazy storylines, I think it's Jordan Spieth would be the wildest, Bryson second wildest, JT third, and then DJ's, like, you know, the most, like, they would, obviously, obviously, like, no one's going to be shocked if DJ wins, right? And then and it's just, it's, it's, a, it's like a duh moment if DJ wins. As a golf fan, what would annoy you more? Bryson winning the Masters this year or Danny Willett coming out of nowhere to take a second green jacket? Danny Willett, dude, I, that's already, like, <laughs> come on, man. If we're going to rank worst Masters of the last 10 years, dude, Danny Willett might be the worst one, you know? Like, not nothing against Danny Willett. I'm sure he's a fucking killer guy. And I would, I, I honestly enjoyed watching that Masters that he won for everything that it was. But fuck, come on, man. I don't want to see that again. I already saw it once. I don't need to see it again. It's <laughs> uh, great. All right. You, you, we were talking about the top six here. We're going like either or. We had uh, the first two. We had a Bryson DJ. Then we had Spieth 
uh, JT, what, what was like the fifth and sixth one that you were looking at there in terms of odds? So fifth and sixth guys, John Rahm at plus 1,200, and then it jumps to Rory McIlroy at plus 1,900. I think that's a no-brainer, and I want to hear what you have to say about the Euro team. John Rahm or Rory McIlroy, who do you like more in that and why? There's been a lot of people in these last few days that have been prognosticating that they feel like this is Rory's time. They feel like there's never been less pressure on Rory McIlroy, and this is the first time you know, I mean, he's been, you know, fish, you know, fishing for the Grand Slam, you know, like every time he goes into Augusta, there's all this pressure on him. People are like, this is the year. And then he goes out and shoots 74 on Thursday and never has a chance to catch up. Right. Yep. And they're saying, hey, now that everybody, you know, Rory's kind of not been playing very good. I think this is a great opportunity where people aren't looking at Rory as close as they used to. Maybe this is the year. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, so we like the guy that's not playing good golf right now? I, 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 I get the whole pressure thing, but this guy's a professional athlete who's won four major championships. Like, I don't, I'm not totally convinced that narrative is accurate. Again, I could be eating my words, you know, 48 hours from right now. But despite basically being off and having a massive life event in terms of, you know, having his first child, which, by the way, that could be happening to me in the next 24 hours. I, I have no idea. I, I, I can relate to where John Rahm is at right now, but. I mean, the guy has been, I think, number one in shots gained off the tee at Augusta since he made his debut there a few years ago. I I feel like, John, if I had to pick, I think I'd still go with Rom. I would, too. I don't understand that narrative with Rory. I'm alarmed with what Rory McIlroy is doing or what this he's not doing, year. I look should how, say. Look how shitty he's playing. This is his year. It's like, that seems like wait. such a weird – that's such a weird <laughs> argument. I don't buy that. I'm, I am honestly concerned. I'm so concerned about Rory. I lo- I love Rory. I'm a Rory fan. And Same. He's he stresses me out right now, dude. He's not. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all. And why know what it looks? It it looks bad. That's the worst part about it, right? Like, some there's some guys that you watch play and they finish top ten, and it's like, oh, you know, he played all right. Like it looked okay. Rory finishes like T eight, and it looks like straight shit. You know, like he's over here like <laughs> missing greens with wedges, and then like. Like it's weird. He'll turn. He'll like bomb a drive, have like a flip wedge in, miss the green, and then like get up and down and make a par. And you're like, well, that just looked hard. And then very next hole, it's like a par five, and he like three puts it for par. And you're just like, dude, what is this guy doing right now? Like I, I can't, I can't watch this, dude. And he, it's it just doesn't look good. And so I, I isn't don't. I, I would, for... I wouldn't be surprised if he missed the cut. Honestly, like I think he's... isn't that the argument for him? Like doing well, those like look at like he keeps he keeps top tenning and he plays like shit. Can you imagine if he just kind of has a decent ball striking? It's like I don't know, man. Like there's never I don't know been if he a has that anymore. in the world. No, there's never been a top ten player in the world that I felt less confident that they're going to hit it inside fifteen feet from 150 yards out in the middle of the fairway. Exactly. Rory's not doing that. <laughs> and that Dude, that's, I think he might be outside the top 10 in the world. I think he's outside the top 10 in the world right now. Is he really? I think so, dude. I, I think I he that. is. I'm going to look it up just, right just, now. Bad podcasting. I, Sorry, guys. But I think I he's okay. outside. I, I just the assume t- he's living somewhere in the top six. And then I, I, I just don't even consider the idea of him going outside that range. But I, Bro, he's 12th again, in the world right now. He's 12th Ooh. in the world. Fun fact, couple names ahead of him, dude. Tyrrell Hatton, Webb Simpson. Uh, I mean, yeah, he's not. He's... Not in form, as you can tell. So I, I, yeah, it makes sense. He's not playing good, man. He's not playing good, and and it's it's alarming. It's frankly very, very, very alarming. Hmm. So yeah, I take Rom also. I take Rom. Rom's coming off a baby. Rom's. I don't think it's Rom's year this year, though. I just don't. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. But, I, uh, but uh, I, I take him over Rory. On Rom to win. If it was, if, you know, if I was putting my own shekels, you know, down on like a two-win bet, which again, I've already said, like that's not something you don't normally do. As much as I like John Rom, and as much as I'm stoked 
for him and his wife and young Kappa, which by Great the way, name. cool, cool name. Yeah. I'm in on Kappa. <laughs> Never heard it before. Cool name. Um, yeah, I'm in on Kappa. I think it's sick. I, I, I just don't think he'd be my pick to win just because of everything that's been going on. But heck, who knows? I, we, we've seen crazier things happen where this could be the type of thing that gets him more dialed than ever before. Who knows? Exactly. I agree. So I think, I, I think, I think Rom will be dialed in, but I just don't, I don't see it being as weak. Now let's let's move on to like the next category. So we did the we did the top six betting favorites, right? And those are the those are the guys we just went through. Uh, let's kind of let's let's take a broader look at the field now. I'm not really going to pull up any more odds because uh, now everyone's just in getting in the ridiculous odds, right? But let's just start throwing out some names here about uh, people that you're interested in seeing and just kind of curious to see how they play. Because I have a couple names. I have like three names that I'm really, really curious to see how, how it goes this week for them. And I'll start off with, with the the man who finished second at the match play. Really curious about Scotty Scheffler. Mm. Really, really uh, curious to see what he does. I So I'm in another, uh, you know, one of the master's pools that I'm in, which, by the way, I owe you a, a text back because I, I got the message with you and all your boys about the, uh, the high-low uh, pick. So I de- definitely want to get on that. Um, but in another pool, you know, they kind of, divide the entire field up into 12 tiers right and you got to pick one guy from each tier and then to keep the eight out of the 12 best scores and then the aggregate score for those eight is you know how you finish tournament right and scotty scheffler was at the top of his own tier i can't remember it was like tier three or something like that and i was struggling like i i love everything scotty scheffler's been doing and i that being said i don't i can't bring myself to really feel confident that Scotty's going to end up in the top five. And I, I don't know why I can't get there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, w- w- what makes Scotty Scheffler so intriguing for you this weekend? I'm just intrigued as, as a young guy. I, d- I don't know if it's his first Masters. I think it is, uh, but I'm not 100%. I mean, he might have played in November, guys. I'm sorry. I don't know. Uh, but I just, I'm curious to see what he... I'm curious to just see what he does, right? Like what, like what can we expect from Scotty going forward in majors, right? Like he played great at Harding, which is essentially just at the PGA in 2020. Played awesome there. Uh, just plays solid golf week in, week out. Never really, never really scares leaderboards, right? You know, doesn't really, doesn't really scare for wins often. But almost won the match play. But he's he seems to just kind of always be in the mix, always making cuts, always playing, always in that top 20 world. So more so, I'm just curious to see how he develops as a professional golfer, right? Like, and then I think the next step for him uh, is to continue to do those top twenties and play solid, but do it at bigger events, right? Which he seems to be trending towards. So I'm curious sure. to see how he does in in the April Masters with fans, right? It's going to be a big event for him. So let's see if if that if that game translates, right? Let's see if that game goes. And and I think a, I think any a successful week for Scotty Scheffler is anything in the top twenty. Uh, I yeah. think an average week is anything in the 20s, and then I think a, a shitty week is outside of the top 30 for him because he is uh, pretty highly ranked in the world ranking. I think he's inside the top 30. Yeah, he's inside the top 30 in the world. So uh, I'm just really, really curious to see how he performs, right? And, and it's one of those things where his I think his ceiling is really high and his floor is really low, right? Like if you told me Scotty Scheffler missed the cut, I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. And then also yep. if you finished top five, it wouldn't surprise me. So so I'm I'm really really curious to see what we get out of him this week, and I think it'll just be fun to watch. And on top of that, he's just a fun player to to watch because he's just all over the place, right? He's got all kinds of crazy footwork and hitting wild shots, and he's just that, he's for, just that rad. footwork of his is wild. Dude. I, it's I, so I, wild. It, 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 it's fun to watch. Um, yeah, Scott Scheffler will be, yeah, that, that he will be very, very fun to watch this weekend. 
Um, I agree. Who, who, who else you got on your list of guys you're uh, you're really looking forward to watching? Burger. Really want to see what Berger does. Missed the November Masters, was arguably playing better than anybody in the world in November. Has since cooled off a little bit, but I wonder if he's got a little fire in his belly to be happy to be at Augusta and, and happy to be playing and, and ready, kind of shows up ready to go. So I'm really curious to see how Berger plays. I, I hate to put you on the spot because I don't know the answer to this question, so I'm going to throw it to you. Is this Daniel Berger's first Masters appearance? No. Don't, it's it is not. not his first Masters appearance. So he's played okay. before in the Masters, but uh, it's been a while for him. Okay. So he will... He, I mean, I'm just curious to see what he does, right? Like, I'm just curious to see how how he shows up. If he shows up with, he's a very intense player. You can kind of see it when he's playing. He's he's got a little, he's got a little fire burning in him. So I'm curious Absolutely. to see how that fire manifests itself at Augusta, dude. And I'm curious to see how he plays. I'm really, really excited to watch him. I don't know if I would bet on him or do anything with him, but I'm just excited to see what he does. Same, same. A big, big, big Dan Berger fan uh, on this side of the microphone as well. Uh, number three, who, who's the other guy you got? Uh, a little, little juice flowing to watch this weekend. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to bait you into this one. So Augusta's going to be firm and fast, right? Uh, which normally favors international players. We've talked about a few international players, but I feel like the internationals always seem to be a little bit more comfortable with firm and fast. Uh, and there's one guy who has played, who played incredible golf on the firmest and fastest stage that we've had in the last couple of years. And... His fellow countrymen seem to do pretty solid at Augusta. They never seem to win, but they always seem to do pretty solid. Oh, God. Oh, I'm so embarrassed that I can't think of it. I mean, part of his fellow countrymen. He also has an amazing head of lettuce. Oh, Mr. Tom. No, I like where you're headed, though. I'm thinking of Cameron Smith, dude. Aussie Cameron Ooh, Smith finished second yes. to DJ. Finished second to DJ. Played great at Royal Melbourne, and it wouldn't surprise me if he had an awesome week this week. And so I'm really curious to see how he does because I think we're I think we're kind of due for an international winner. It's been four years since we yep. had one. There's there's all I feel like every five years there is an international winner of the Masters, you know, and then we, they kind of get on a little hot streak. We've been cold. It's been a lot of Americans winning, which is sick. I'm not mad at that, but. uh I think I think there's got to be an I think if there's going to be an international guy that makes a run I think it's Cam Smith I think he's our guy to be the kind of the the flag bearer for the international crew, and I feel like it would just be such it would just be so awesome to watch all the green jackets at Augusta have to you know put that jacket on a big beautiful mullet like that it would just, it just seems like you know Augusta kind of has like a Yankees vibe to it where it's like oh we like clean shaven people we don't know what that and then all of a sudden just rugged Aussie man with the big power bullet just gets up there and puts the green jacket on that that something about that would just feel right and that, i think that, so that too me excited. I, I i'm super curious to see how he plays man i think i think the australians in general i think if we were going to pick an international country to have a good week i'm taking team australia all day if it's firm and fast and windy i'm going i like leishman i like scott i like cameron smith i think that i think that aussie contingent is uh might have a really really great week this week if it's going to be as hard as they say it is yeah totally and actually you provided me with a great segue because the last thing that I wanted to make sure we got to touch on uh, during this preview podcast is just like the first couple days, Thursday and Friday at the Masters, um, when the guys are playing in threesomes, it, it's not the same as obviously the weekend, right? But like there's just so much excitement coming into the Masters that everybody's just geeking out. They usually get, you know, all my buddies have two, three screens out like somewhere in their living room where they got like a couple featured groups on, they got the main broadcast on. You know, they're just, they're just, they're so into just trying to consume as much of the masters as possible 
And one thing that they do a great job with the Masters is they always have wonderful featured groups. And I want to go through a couple of the featured groups that are going to be uh, on the broadcast for Thursday and Friday. And just kind of get your, your brief thoughts. And since you already set up with Cam Smith, let's jump to the last tee time of the day on Thursday, which is Cam Smith, Jordan Spieth, and Colin Morikawa all in the same group. Wow. I Last tee time of the day, 2 p.m. Eastern tee off time on Thursday. So at 11 a.m. West Coast time, drink a cup of coffee, relax, sit down at 10.50, watch other groups, and just watch Speed, Cam Smith, and Morikawa get after it. Um, I could not be more excited. This this group is going to be so much fun to watch. And, And it's funny because at Augusta, they usually kind of shy away from like, Big time, like super groups, like like so many PGA Tour events do. They like to kind of really, um, you, you know, sort of evenly divide the field. So there's you know, there's top talent kind of throughout. This is a pretty, it's a, it's a pretty nice group of golfers right there. Agreed. I I am super curious about that. Also, funny that they got the last tee time right. So last tee time, first tee time, last out, first out, quick turnaround. Whichever one of them is playing good and is riding the hot hand is going to be loving it because they get to play and then go to sleep for eight hours and then turn around and continue to play. I think it'll be tough for them on that Thursday round, but it'll be, they'll be, they'll know exactly where they stand heading into Friday, right? They'll know exact, and they'll be the first ones out there to get the first crack at it. So that's going to be interesting. I love that group. Spieth, Morikawa, Cam Smith. That's such a power group, Loki. That's such a powerful group. Uh, and I don't know who's going to come out of that. I don't know who'd be the best player out of that group. Yeah, we've already talked about Jordan Length and Cam Smith uh, very briefly. Um, if Colin Morikawa's putter is working this weekend, do you think he's got a pretty good chance to actually win this thing, or do you think he's still a year or two away from actually being able to put, you know, take on a green jacket? I think he's I think he's a year or two away. Not okay. not a, not a knock on Colin Morikawa at all, but I I think yeah I think he's he's a tier or two below that uh that what it takes to win or not what it takes to win. He's got what it takes to win. He's just, he's just, I think he's still just like a year or two out. He, I, and I'm, I hope he doesn't end up in that perpetual Xander zone. Cause Xander's kind of Xander also feels like he's a year or two away, but he's been there for eight years now, you know? So it's like, it's, right. it's weird how that you get that feeling with some guys. Right. But Colin, I think is still a year or two away, especially, especially with fans there. I think that's going to really kind of shake him, rattle him a little bit, if, especially yeah. if it starts getting, if it starts getting wild and eagles start happening and it starts getting loud out there, I think he might be start getting a little tense. Yeah, I think he might be getting a little, just a little tense. And I love Colin. I I want to see him play great, but I think he's I think he's still a year away or so from actually being able to make a really serious push for the Masters. Okay, uh, the group before that is also one of the featured groups on Thursday, uh, and I would assume Friday, uh, but at one forty eight Eastern time, right? So just twelve minutes before uh, that uh, Spieth Smith Morikawa group goes out, uh, you have. Tony Finau, Ageless Wonder, Louis Oosthuizen. Okay. By the way, it came out this week like Louis Oosthuizen's thirty-eight years old. Wouldn't you have thought Louis was like forty-five? Yeah. 46? Yeah. I mean, when he won, so look at that. He won. That was 10, 11 years ago. He won the Open Championship. He was young, spry, twenty-seven-year-old. So pretty good, funky. Um. So Tony Finau, Louis Oosthuizen, JT. God. I mean that savory. to me. That savory to me is collection of golfers right there. Savory, but like I mean Louis. Louis is guaranteed going to be in it till the back nine on Saturday, and then he's out. And then he's going to finish top T like T eighteen. 
And Tony Finau, dude, is not a win. I am I am so out on Tony Finau, dude. He's like I couldn't be more out. I'm selling I'm selling everything I have, Tony Finau, dude. Like I's not a winner. He's never gonna win a major. Like I wouldn't even be surprised if he never won another tour event, dude. Honestly. He's he's just not a winner, dude. He's just not a winner, that guy. Mike I don't Singletary want him on any Ryder Cup want teams. Tony Finau on his football team. I don't want him on any Ryder Cup teams. I don't want him on any President's Cup teams. I want him because he's not you know he's not gonna play his way onto the team. We already know that because he's not a winner, so he's not going to play his way onto the teams. He's going to need a captain's pick, dude, and I'm not wasting a pick on that guy, dude. No. Tony, boo, bye. Later. Not winner. (laughs) Boo. I'll I'll, I'll put money on Tony. Anytime you want to put money on a top 10 bet, happy to do it with Tony Finau to win. Never. (laughs) He doesn't win, dude. He's not a winner. He's not a winner, dude. But uh, that's a – that's a friendly group for our boy JT, man. JT's just going to whoop up on those two boys for two days. I think so. I, th- I think there's a good chance. So th- those yeah. are our two featured groups in the afternoon, right? And then you have two featured groups in the morning. The first of those is going to tee off set, uh, 10.30 Eastern time, 7.30 for us out on the Pacific Coast. Uh, that first featured – oh, no, I'm sorry, 10.06. So one of the first – so 10.06 Eastern time uh, and then 10.30. Those are when the two featured groups are going off in the morning. The first one at 10.06 Eastern, Bubba? Brooks and Vic Hovland. Whoa, that's a random group. It's pretty entertaining. I, I don't think anybody knows what to expect out of Brooks coming off an injury. Um, says you know we've had there's a mixed uh, mixed reports in terms of how healthy he is, and yet he's still out there just just activating, just p- making very aggressive, powerful swings at the golf ball. Bubba Watson, I mean, you can never really count out a guy who's like still technically kind of you need. You know, close to where his physical prime is. Guys won here multiple times. And then, you know, last time we had an April April Masters, Victor Hoffman was a low amateur. Yep. I, mean, I, I, I love that crew. And then I didn't know the last time we had a late April Masters, Victor Hoffman was low am. That's pretty cool. Uh, Brooks makes me nervous, man. I don't like the idea of people coming back too soon after injuries, man. I really don't like it. I, I have PTSD from watching Tiger do it for the last 10 years that I'm I'm super nervous about Brooks. I mean, did you see how he's reading putts? Dude, he can't even crouch down. It's like he's got his right leg fully extended out to like just – it's like it's weird. He's doing like a pistol squat to read greens because he can't squat with both his knees bent. I'm like, dude, what are you doing, man? Rest. I know, it's, I know it's the Masters and I know you're really good at golf, but like – Let's let's get to 100%. You have a way better chance of winning when you're 100% than when you're 60%, you big dumb idiot. Like, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? You're just going to do more damage. I'm really nervous about yeah. Brooks. And I like I like Brooks. I just don't want him to get more injured. You know, I don't want him to, to do something dumb. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would tend to agree. I, I, I fully, fully uh, agree with all, all, your, all your takes right there. I, is it crazy to think that despite the injury that Brooks Kepler could still contend this week? I don't think he can just because the other guys are so good. Like, you know, I, 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 and healthy. I, and healthy. Exactly. He's, I mean, I'm not saying Brooks isn't good. Brooks is nasty, but he's injured, man. Like if you're, if you can't even bend down to read putts, dude, like what are you doing? You can't compete with DJ when DJ's fully healthy and ready to roll or like even Xander, if Xander's ready and fully ready to roll. Like it's hard to compete. It's really, really hard to compete, especially if you're injured. Bubba, like you said, still in his prime and Bubba, you can never count out at the masters. He's like the, he's like the speed where it's just, you know, you know, he's going to show up with his game face on. And Victor Hovland is a, such a wild card because his short game's so bad. So it's, it's, you know, like, I don't know what's going to happen with Victor Hovland, but, uh, but I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm ready to tune in. I, I'm in as well. Um, all right. Uh, the second featured group in the morning uh, on Thursday, they're going to be teeing off at 730 uh, West Coast time. Uh, 
2020 US Am winner Tyler Strafa- is it Strafacci? Strafacci. Tyler Strafacci. Strafacci. Uh, your boy DJ. Yep. And the man who I again there I feel like there is a lot of people that are feeling as good as they've ever felt about this man going into a Masters. He's someone who is always seemingly in the mix but has never been able to get it done. Lee Westwood playing with Dustin Johnson and the 2020 US Am champion. That is a fascinating group. Um, uh, before I, I before I hear your thoughts on this group, I thought that was interesting that uh, Andy Johnson, the fried egg, noted that it could be in, one one interesting thing that you, we could be following on this group is if Dustin Johnson gets a little aggravated or if he gets thrown off at all because during last year's US Am, uh, Strafacci kind of had a tendency to play really slow and methodical and was basically. You're talking people that have good pace of play and you know, play fast. He was not that. Whereas Dustin Johnson is notoriously one of the fastest players on tour. I don't think that's going to have an impact in a major championship. Everybody's playing slow. I mean, rounds at Augusta typically are always taking five hours anyway. So I think DJ is perfectly well aware of how that's going to work. But it's, you know, it's an interesting little wrinkle that you'd always got to consider, you know, <laughs> you know, inside baseball kind of type stuff. I, I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on this DJ Westwood Strafacci time? I think... I think DJ's going to bully Strafacci. I think if Strafacci starts playing <laughs> slow, DJ's going to be like, "Listen, dude, you're playing fast now." You know, like we're we're like we're like I, I I mean, think about it, dude. If you were playing with the number 1 player in the world and the defending champion, like you'd be literally shitting bricks. So if like you're the and you know when you're the slow one, I don't care how hard you're trying to stick to your process and do your things. If DJ's 50 yards up in the fairway with his hand on his hip looking at you, you're like, "All right, let's just hit it. Fuck it. Let's just get it up there somewhere and figure it out." <laughs> So I don't know. I feel like DJ will bully him. I like that group. I love watching Lee Westwood play golf. I like I like it when he plays good. He's always been one of my grandpa's favorites. So I feel like I've got a lot of Lee Westwood in my life. Uh, and uh, and I think that's a great group. Tyler Strafacci, I don't know much about him, but I know I wasn't really rooting for him at the USAM. Uh, <laughs> he seemed, seemed unbelievably unlikable. So it's it's insane how that works for some people sometimes, you know? So uh, very curious to see how it goes. But... But I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I'm just like, dude, I don't, I don't, I I mean, DJ got kind of a rough draw there, but I think he'll be all right. And I think, I think, I mean, again, I think DJ's going to bully both those boys. So I think he's, he's going to, he's going to forget about it. Whatever's going on, he's going to be like, dude, let me just get out of my way. I'm going to shoot six under. Please move. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. Uh, quick, quick thoughts here on uh, two, two or three more groups before we put this, put a wrap on this thing. Um, going out after DJ Westwood and Strapachi at 10:42 Eastern, uh, you've got probably the highest profile group, and just in terms of world rankings, uh, we've talked about a couple of these guys already, but uh, we have not really talked all that much about your boy Xander. Uh, he's going to be teeing off in a group of Shoffley, John Rom, Roy McIlroy. Sick! That's a sick group. That's an awesome group. Are you kidding me? Pretty, pretty sick. Yeah, Xander's got to put on for America, dude. Let's go. Be, be Mr. America. Show us what's going on. I like that. Uh, I like that, yeah. I, th- I think John Rahm's a scary force in that group, though, frankly. Coming off the just having a kid, cl- like, on cloud nine, uh, also flying under the radar. No one's really talking about him. Uh, I think he's a very, very scary person in that group. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, let's see here. Uh, in the afternoon, uh, I actually am really excited about this group. I, I-, I think especially two out of these three players, I I think have a really, really good chance to actually win this thing. Um, Patrick Cantlay, mm-hmm. Sung Jae, okay. and Fido, uh, Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick uh, at 124 Eastern time. 
Who um, are the guys that you think are going to win out of that group? I feel like Cantlay and Sung. I, I've been hearing a Me lot too. of people feeling really, really good about Sung Jay this, uh, this for this tournament. And I mean, you just never know. I mean, I, <laughs> I kind of felt the same way with last year, and it, it never really materialized. But um, I mean, shit, dude, Patrick Cantlay. I, he had a great quote. I want to see if I can find it here for you um, on his Tuesday press conference. Yeah. So this is a quote from Patrick Cantlay, and it just it made me like, yeah, this guy is actually like, he might be at the point where mentally he's ready to win this golf tournament. And this is a quote from Patrick Cantlay. Quote, I think of Augusta National as a series of red, yellow, and green lights, right? Not as many yellow and as red and green, uh, but when you do get a red hole location, like the back left hole location on six, guys just aren't making birdie right there, okay? Especially if it's firm. So it frees yourself up to hit it to the bottom left and leave yourself a 35, 40 footer up the hill uh, and that would be a situation where you're leaving yourself in the correct spot where maybe you make a 40 footer, maybe you don't, but knowing that you're trying to hit it 40 feet because that whole, you know, it almost requires you to, it frees you up, right? It, it just, just knowing that there's the red lights and the, just the no go, you almost feel more free. Like, you know, exactly what you're supposed to do. And, you know, obviously end quote, um, to me, that was like, all right, this guy mentally might be in a place where, cause I feel like that's the one big advantage that tigers always had over everybody is that. He knows exactly what to do on every golf shot out at Augusta. And, you know, a lot of guys, when they start getting to a point where they're like, you know, I hit a really good drive on, you know, say like this hole right here, like, you know, in this kind of position, I feel like I, I feel like it's it's go time. Let's let's try to hit one close. We couldn't be in a better position right now. It's like, no, there's just there's some there's some whole location out there that are just, as Cantley said, red lights. It doesn't matter where you are. You just don't do that. Because it has to be perfect, and you know it's hardly ever perfect. And to, when I read that, I was like, you know, I think I, I I like Pat's chances this week. I watched Patrick Cantlay's entire Masters like presser on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and if you guys haven't watched that, I highly recommend you go back and watch it because he spoke with this calm confidence. He just looked so locked in, and that quote, like you said, also proves how locked in he is. But he was unbelievably locked in and he's always gotten kind of some flack for being boring and not having a personality and being hard to root for his presser on Tuesday this week was incredibly candid. He gave us way more than he ever should have or ever has in the past. And it was an incredibly likable presser, honestly. And he said some awesome things. A that red light, green light, yellow light thing is huge. And that, that, like you said, that quote, the mentality behind it is so freeing because you never, he was saying, he's like, normally you're disappointed if you hit it to 40 feet. But when you know that that's the option, he's like, it really frees you up and it, you, you get positive reinforcement by hitting an easy shot, right? It's like, oh, you hit the, you didn't do anything crazy. You hit it to 40 feet where normally on a PGA tour event, you're pissed off because you're like, damn, I don't have a chance at birdie. But if you do it at the masters, you're like patting yourself on the back. You're like, dude, hell yeah, hit it to the right spot. Let's make my par and get out of here. Right. And then you're totally. constantly building momentum specifically on hole six, right? Cause now you're through the first third of the golf course and you've did the right thing. And you got out of one of the harder holes with a three threes are always good on the scorecard. And you're just, and now you're building momentum, right? Like you're building, you're building around and you're doing it the right way. And you're continuing to reinforce the good things that you're doing. So I, like I said, I, I highly recommend everybody go back and watch it. It's literally like 16 minutes. He wasn't in there that long. It's on YouTube. And he, spoke with this calm cool confidence that was just uh it was really really inspired not inspiring but like it was very very uh affirming it was like oh man this guy this guy is on to something i think and i think he's gonna have a great week but 
Yeah, I, I like the red, yellow, and green lights. He's like more reds than yellows for sure. There's very few yellow yeah. lights out there. <laughs> yeah, which is great. And then uh, last, uh, the last group that I wanted to get your quick take on before we get out of here, brother, um, going off 1.36 Eastern time. Uh, the Thick Boy is playing with Masters champion Adam Scott and the son of Southern California, Max Homa. Let's go. What so is, what, I'm, what is, what is I love Max, dude. I'm such a Max stan. I'm like, I'm such a Max stan. Let's, he's the <laughs> coolest. Uh, let's go. I mean, that's a great group too. I feel like Adam Scott and Max Homa are just going to be having, like Max Homa is Adam Scott light, you know, like it's, 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 he's just kind of got that like cool swagger. He's got a pretty swing. Like, I don't know. I see, I see a little, I see a little bit of Adam Scott and Max Homa, but I feel like Max Homa and Adam are just gonna have a blast, and Bryson's gonna be over in the woods, like calculating shit, and they're just gonna be like, let him go over there. Like, I don't want to talk to him. Let him walk over there. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with protein shake, man. Oh, uh, so this is the second Friday reference in uh, in this podcast, but I do like how you know they were kind. Of, they did like a preview of some of the other groups as well, uh, and they just they described that one group as in the, the one sentence: a former champ, a circus act who's also a major winner. And a second-time participant with the skills to contend. Um, obviously, like I, I wouldn't say that Riviera is the closest thing we have in terms of a regular tour stop to Augusta, but I mean, what do you think Max Soma actually has a chance to say like top ten this week? No, I know. If I think Colin is a year away, then I then Max has to be a year away too, right? Like okay. I, I uh, he's so good and so nice at golf, but. I think he's a year or two away too. I mean, he just played in his first Masters in November, and then now it's his first Masters in April. So I feel like he's still, I feel like he's almost still a rookie, right? Like it's still, it's yeah. still his rookie year, and it's hard to expect a lot out of rookies. Because and then on top, back to the same thing I said about Colin, he's got fans there all of a sudden. It's louder, it's firmer and faster. I think it might, I think it might just, he might just be a tad bit out over his skis. Obviously, I'm rooting for him and want to see him play well, but I think he's a year or two away as well from actually really giving it a run. His uh, his missed putt on 18 at Riviera is the only thing in the back of mind. It's like, I feel like if he's ready to win at Augusta, that that putt is always going in. That putt needs to go in, dude. That putt needs Granted, to go I, in. I say that if I'm in maximum position, I'm missing that putt 97 out of 100 times. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like I've missed uh, that putt. I've missed I'm that putt in skins games to like push yeah. skins. It's like dude, I, for eight bucks, you know, like I've, I I can't imagine doing it to win the Masters. Uh, yeah, it's pretty wild, man. So. All right, brother. I, I think we've got a good handle on this. Um, anything else you want to touch on? You you want to you want to make a pick right now? Before, yeah. Uh, before so let's 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 do go? the let's do the uh, pick one guy to win and then one guy to not win. But the point is to pick someone you know as that you think will contend. So I got my. Have two you already guys. submitted your picks in our pool. I have. I've submitted our picks in our pool, and I okay. will keep, I, I, I will I have keep not those seen picks. Your picks. So I have not seen your picks, and I promise you that if I get in on this, I will not be choosing the same duo that you are. So, okay pick to win and then somebody that we think is going to be super super close but you have to identify the player that is going back going to win correct correct so like the in a perfect world you would guess the first and second place guy that's like the perfect pick right the guys who finished first and second i know this is going to be just brutal because we've talked about it already on this podcast um i'm going with the homies dude choro to win jt to finish second Oh wow! What a Jordan to win and JT to finish second. I love that. Wow, I actually love that. I don't think anybody in our pool has picked that either. I don't think anyone's done that combo. I like that combo. Wow. I'm going. To, I'm going a slightly different direction. I'm going to go okay. DJ to win and then Rom to finish second. 
I think John Rahm's going to be in it, but I don't think he's going to win. Yeah, I love that too. I love that too. God, I mean, that's a good, if any of those four guys are in the final couple groups on Sunday, we're going to be in for a really, really good golf. I mean, despite the fact that there's no Tiger Woods, which obviously, you know, everybody's, you know, wishing him well and hoping that he recovers. I mean, but at the same time, this is in the last eight Masters, Tiger Woods hasn't played in four of them, right? Yeah. I, I feel like I we, we have at least gotten kind of used to really enjoying the masters without tiger it's obviously better when he's in the mix but um all of these top players in the world right now are really captivating and really fun to watch especially the four guys that we just mentioned where if any of them are in the mix on sunday we're in for a really good golf tournament brother i think we're i think we're going to be in for one anyway i think it's going to be i think a lot of the big names are going to be in there on sunday and I'm, i'm just excited to watch it dude so happy masters week my man happy masters week man oh i can't wait it's oh best week of the year honestly i've maintained this like since i was 12 years old people you know if the conversation goes around what is the single best day on the sporting calendar it's sunday at the masters and it's not even close like it beats the shit out of the super bowl you know the world i mean it doesn't matter sunday at the masters is the best day of the year to sit in front of your television and watch professional athletes go head to head and i God, i'm just so excited and i was like thursday through saturday aren't that far behind exactly we're so we're so there so um Hell yeah, dude. Everybody enjoy Masters Week. Have fun watching. Hopefully it's something sick. I think we're in for a treat this year. I think it's going to be a great, great Masters. But uh, back to normalcy, baby. April Masters with fans. Gotta love it. Let's go. Sick. All right, Kyle. Thank you for doing this, dude. Mr. Durlo, I appreciate it always, man. That was fun. All right. You got it, brother. All right. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Nice Grass, Nice People here on the Golf Guide podcast feed. Uh, We are looking forward to being back with you guys soon. Uh, But before then, do uh, go check out SuaveGolf.com to check out our upcoming golf sabbaticals as well as the couple goodies that we have in the golf shop. So until next time, everybody, adios. Adios.